Hi, I'm Pastor Chris Moore. I'd like to thank you for listening to this message today. I pray that you're encouraged, that you'll receive a blessing, but most importantly, that you'll take a next step with and towards Jesus because of something you hear in today's message. Why is the stage set up this way? Well, one of the things I want to remind you is that Jesus taught in multiple ways. He he spoke to the crowd. He got along with the disciples. He had 12. He had his three. But he also discipled one-on-one. And so this past spring, we got together and we went through a study of the book of James. At my house, we invited some people in to go through that study with me. There were five chapters. And so over the course of about six weeks, we went through the book of James. And then as I was preparing for the future and, and what we'll preach and teach on, I believe that as we learn and grow, we have to give people next steps. Amen? We have to give people opportunities, but also people have to be willing to take opportunities. And so one of the things is that God also does, he speaks through more than just your interim pastor. He speaks through more than pastors. He can speak through each and every one of us. And as as people in our church have been seeking God, I want you to hear from them. And so that's what really this series, Conversations About James, is really all about, is there were five of us outside of me who went through that study. There are five chapters. So each week you will be hearing from someone else in our group. Now one of the things that we did is when we get together, we would read a chapter. We would read one chapter a week. So when we started, we would read chapter one. And we would read chapter one multiple times, and we would complete what is known as a HEAR journal, H-E-A-R, H-E-A-R, a HEAR journal entry. And so really quickly, so that you kind of understand the background of that, what you're doing is you're reading the scripture, you're reading chapter one, and there's going to be, as you'll hear from uh, our guest today, there will be one verse that kind of jumps out at you. And what you do is you write that verse down. So that's kind of the H or the highlight. So you're, you're reading and there's one verse that the Holy Spirit just says, Wow, have you ever seen this, Chris? Have you ever seen this, Terry? Okay, and so then you, the E is that you explain it. And so you, you take a few moments and you take a few lines and you explain the verse. Then the A is apply. How does that verse apply to your life? How can, how can you apply that verse to your life? And then the R is a response. So what is a response to this verse that you just read? Is there something that you need to go do? Is there something that you need to go and, and, and to tell someone else? Is there a behavior that you need to change? But for me, a lot of times that R, that response is a prayer. And sometimes I pray a little long <laughs> when we're praying together. But sometimes in those instances, it's just a, a simple prayer. It's a simple thought from that. And so as we dive into the book of James, I want to remind you a few things. I want you to know that James is probably the first book that was written in the New Testament. Now you say, wait a second, Chris, where the book of James is, that that's not, it's not first. That's not the first book that you come to. Well, that's because we have what's known as the canon, uh, the biblical canon. And so they, the books were put in certain orders, but Scholars believe that based off of how it was written, what is written about, that it was really the first book in the New Testament. It is one of the most practical books in the Bible. It's really been called the Proverbs of the New Testament. There's so much truth and there's so much there. 
We also need to remember that the person who is writing, this James that is writing this book, is Jesus' half-brother. He and Jesus shared the same mother, but not the same father. Amen? But they were. it was his half-brother. Interesting thing is, too, can you imagine James, as he grew up, having to live with the perfect son of God, who did no wrong? Now, you might have a sibling who did no wrong in the eyes of, of your parents. I get called the love child by my sister all the time. But um, think with me for a moment. He, he, he was there with Jesus. Now, he did not, some believe he did not come to faith until after Jesus had risen from the dead. So imagine that. He was with Jesus that whole time, but did not put his faith, hope, and trust in who Jesus says he was until after um, his death, burial, and resurrection. So this morning, I want to invite up um, the chattiest guy in our church for most of you. And we're going to see if he lives up. Miss Cindy said he is pretty chatty. He can be. So we're going to see how he does this morning. Without uh, without any further ado, I would like to invite Brother Bill Phillips. Bill, if you'll go ahead and come on up. We'll get you mic'd up. For those of you that don't know Bill, this is Bill Phillips. This is the um, this is Terry's. Well, Terry is his better half. Um, and he is a deacon, and so thank you, Bill, for coming and joining us this morning. Um, hang on a second, just clip that on, and you should be on. We are we're having a conversation. Bill and I are going to have a conversation, but we're also having a conversation with you too. Amen. So give me just a moment to get my get for Bill to get his things and for me to get mine in order. Hold on just a second. Okay, Bill, tell the folks, as we went through and we did our here journal, on that particular week, um, what was one of the verses that stood out to you in James chapter 2? Well, I read the whole book of James several times, and the verse that really stand out to me was uh, verse 18 in chapter 2. All right. Bill, how would you, if you had to sum up that verse in one word, what word comes to mind? That's uh, how I have my faith in Jesus Christ, is that faith. Absolutely. Bill, will you please read verse 18 for us? Verse 18 says, uh, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith, what I do. Bill, one of the things that we do whenever we study Scripture that I've been encouraged to do is that we interact with the Word. Right For Bill, for me, for whoever's studying it, by writing it out, you're applying several things. Listen, people learn one of three ways. People have to see it, people have to hear it, and people have to do it. And so as I preach and teach, that's an object because guess what? As I give those different methods, sometimes you might see where there's a fill-in-the-blank for us, you're participating, right? And people learn in different ways. Some people have to see it, some people have to hear it, and some people have to do it. And we really learn in a combination of those three ways. Bill, was there anything in verse 18 that you underlined or circled? Uh, first one was uh, faith, obviously. Next one was uh, deeds, the, how my deeds toward Jesus Christ. And some of my deeds I outlined, as I explained, and the E is uh, I have faith in the Lord. I show my deeds by helping others and serving the Lord. Like one way I serve the Lord, I'm a, I'm a deacon of the church. 
I'm also, we had a Awanas years ago. I was a Awana leader, so that was another way I served the church. Well, thank you for applying your faith. Thank you for living out your faith. Bill, what was, as you wrote, that was your explanation. What about your application? How could you My application apply is uh, I apply my faith in allowing into the Lord or God or applying his word to others. All right. And did you have a response to that verse as well? I just said, uh, Father, bless us in your word, our faith, and in you and helping others in his need. All right. Thank you, Bill. One of the things that we talk about, and I don't know whether you realize, but there's something that most of the time when I preach and teach, I try to bowl down what we're talking about into one simple statement, right? Because I don't know about you, but I can't remember everything. And so, for example, there were times, one that stands out to me was at Christmas time. Uh, we had on rinse and repeat, as I like to call it, those things that kind of circled through my mind and circled through my heart was that hope came down at Christmas and his name is Jesus, right? Because that's really, that's the truth. Hope came down and his name is Jesus. We need, that's something that we need to remember. We need to tuck away and we need to remember that hope did come down and there is hope through Jesus. And so I asked Bill, I said, Bill, could you write a statement that kind of sums up your verse? And so, Bill, what did you write? I, I said, uh, trust him, put your faith in the Lord. Right. Trust him, put your faith in the Lord. Right? Trust him. And I think about the old song, trust and obey, for there's no other way. Right? That's what God has called us to do. Listen, as you sit in church each and every Sunday, as you sit in your Sunday school class, as you sit in a small group, you can learn things, you can see things, God can reveal things to you, but it's in and through your obedience that God blesses. Amen? He, he's calling you to do certain things. He's calling you to forgive others. He's calling you to love others. He's calling you to pray for others. He's calling you to comfort others. He's calling you to love Him and to love others. As we talk about all, all the time, is are we loving and serving our neighbor? Are we loving and serving our neighbor? We send tons of money into the mission field, praise God, and we have for years. Some of us have gone, Gabe just got back from a mission trip. Thank you, Gabe, for going as a young man, that he saw the need and important that he went and that he served, right? But if Gabe went down there thinking that's where his blessing was going to become, as I heard it said recently, don't go to across the country, don't go across the sea, don't go to another continent and serve if you can't love and serve your neighbor next door, right? That's what God has called us to do. One of the things, too, that we've also done um, as we're working through this, and thank you for your patience, last Sunday when we kicked it off with Miss Cindy, if you're interested in hearing that, just go to our website, Bible Fellowship Sumter, look for the Messages tab, and Miss Cindy and I's conversation about James chapter 1 is on there. But thank you for your patience. Last week when we kicked this off, we didn't know, I mean, we had an idea of how this might go, right? But we didn't know for a fact. And so thank you for your patience. It is a little bit different format, but like I said, I believe that uh, Jesus taught in multiple ways and also that you need to hear from other people outside of me. Amen? There are other people in our, in our midst that are taking next steps and we need to hear about how God is working and moving in their life.
And so one of the things that I asked each and every participant that will be up here on the stage with me is to tell me a few things that they learned about James and or their faith during the study. And so, Bill, I want to ask you this morning, what are, what are a few things that you learned uh, about James and or your faith through this study that we did? Well, first I said, uh, trust in the Lord or God. Second, I said, my relationship with God. And third is, man is justified and declared righteousness before God by faith alone. And lastly, genuine faith will provide good deeds. All right, so Bill kind of ran through those pretty quickly. So I want to I touch on those again, Bill. Thank you for writing those down. So Bill said, the first thing is to trust in the Lord our God. I mean, that's what he's calling us to do, to trust and to obey. And then he said, my relationship with God. So what is, what is it about your relationship with God that you realized during the study, Bill? Well, my relationship is I come to this house to worship on a daily basis. I'm here every week, and my relationship with him is with him. That's right. Our, re- our relationship has to be with him. That's right. Then he said, man is justified and declared righteous before God by faith alone. Wow. Amen. Right? That's a great statement, um, Bill. That is absolutely a fact. Man is justified and declared righteous before God by faith alone. And you'll see as I share a little bit of my verses here in a few moments why Bill is exactly um, spot on. And then genuine faith will produce good deeds. See, when you think about that, when you look around, God says we'll know each other by our fruit. Right? We'll also know each other by our deeds. You can tell a lot about a man and a lot about his heart by what comes out of him. Amen? You can tell a lot about a person, a lot about their character, a lot about what's going on on the inside, a lot about what's going on in their heart by what comes out. How they treat others, how they talk to others, how they interact with others. And then, Bill, lastly, we've kind of asked folks, uh, being part of a small group, um, I think you had been with me for one other group, but what have you learned through your time of being a part of a small group? Well, small groups is uh, you get you interact with people, you get to know people better. And the persons I was with this group with, I got to know them a lot better. They've got to know me a lot better. So, and I will I will say with uh, with Cindy last week, she says I had a gap. Well, with Cindy, she likes to talk, so I couldn't get any way to work. Otherwise, he was talking. So, so when you saw the opportunity, you took it. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, let's hope she doesn't go back and listen to the to the tape. <laughs> it's all good. It's all said and done in love. Well, Bill, thank you so much. Yes, thank, thank you so you, much sir. for sharing uh, this morning. I appreciate you coming up, and appreciate you um, being willing to share what you've learned. That's not easy. Amen. Not easy to get in front of a group. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I get nervous. You know, you wouldn't think it. You wouldn't know it, but I do. So thank you so much, Bill, for coming and and for sharing that this morning. So one of the things that we're doing a part of this series is that um, I will be sharing. uh, We'll have those that will share, like Bill and Cindy. And then I will also just wrap up the, the time with some other thoughts and to share some things that I gleaned from that particular chapter. So at this time, I would like for you, um, first off, well, we forgot to do it earlier, but I want to remind you where the book of James is. Uh, the book of James is in the New Testament. It's sandwiched between Hebrews 
and First Peter. And so really probably one of the easiest ways to find the book of James is turn to the back of your Bible and then kind of start going more forward. And so you'll go past Revelation, First and Second John, First and Second Peter, and then you'll land at the book of James. Okay? Now why do I do that? Why do I do that whenever we preach and teach that it's sandwiched between Hebrews and First Peter? Because you never know where the person next to you is in their journey of faith. Amen? Can I tell you, too, that one of the most used pages in your Bible should be and can be, and do not ever be ashamed to turn there, and that is your table of contents page. I've been places, and I've had somebody say, okay, today we're going to preach on such and such topic and such and such book, and I'm like, oh, where, where's that at again? So I have to turn there. I have to use it. Don't be afraid to use it. Don't be like the uh, blue-haired lady that I, I saw one time serving in another church. She, um, the pastor was preaching over in the New Testament, and she was open up to, I think, Isaiah or Proverbs in the Old Testament. So if you glanced across the aisle, she had her Bible open, but it wasn't in the right, it wasn't even in the right Testament, wasn't even in the right book, and she was sleeping. So don't be like that lady. Well, at least hey, you, God does say he wants us to get our rest, right? I don't think he wants us to come to church to get our rest, but anyway, that's another story. All right, so as we talk about the book of James, I want you to really know this. The book of James is about connection. It's about connecting our faith to our lives. Connecting. It's about connecting our faith to our daily lives. So if you will, if you're in the book of James, will you look, um, Brother Bill just read, He just read verse 18. I'm actually going to be looking at verse 19 and 20. Let me turn there. So I'll read Brother Bill's verse and mine as well. So, But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? So as we look at that, as Brother Bill touched on, we have faith, we have works, and then James is telling us that you believe. Well, that's good. Even the demons believe. And then he says in verse 20, Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I study Scripture, um, I like having, I like reading it. I like reading my printed copy. I like flipping through and actually handling the Word of God, actually being able to turn the physical pages. But sometimes when I read verses like verse 20, I'm like, wait, what? Like, help me to understand that a little bit better. And so when I actually studied this verse, I actually was reading it in the CSB version, which is the Christian Standard Bible, and it said it this way, senseless person, exclamation point. Are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? So then I was like, okay, well, what are, what are some other translations that we hear? And I ask this question, can you hear the emphasis that James is placing here? Senseless person? And so the ESV says, do you want to be shown, you foolish person? The New Living Translation says, how foolish. 
Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? The amplified version, which is helpful because it brings together all the meanings. One thing I want you to know, why am I reading these other translations? Well, because, I don't know about you, have you ever tried to learn a different language? Right? We have different meanings for different words. And so sometimes when you read the English translation, what is the original Greek? What's the original Hebrew as it was written? And sometimes the words that they use and the emphasis that they wanted to use on those words, we don't have a word like that. It's hard to translate some of those words to people that are way smarter than you and I. I want you to know, too, if you think about it, when we read in the Bible and we read the word love, in the original language, there were like four or five words for love. There were different variances of love. So that's an example of why sometimes it, it is helpful to read other translations. It helps you to kind of see things and to understand the meaning. And something like the Amplified Version kind of brings all of those meanings together in one. It's a good, solid study translation that I use. It says this, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish, spiritually shallow person, that faith with good works is useless? So listen, here's some things that I wrote down. Faith and works go together. Faith and works go together. You can't have one and not the other. However, faith comes first. God saved you to use you. Right? The, my favorite quote from Robbie Gallaty. You're a conduit through whom God wants to use you to send his glorious life-changing gospel to someone else. He didn't just save you so that you could get your hell insurance and go on about your merry way. No, he saved you. Why? Because he has a plan for your life. He's put you around people. He's put you around your family, as aggravating as they may be sometimes. I tell the truth, stay in church. I don't know if y'all have any. We have some in our families, in our circles of influence. But listen, he put you there for a reason. He put you there to shine his light into those situations. He, he put you there. They're like spiritual sandpaper, if you will. Right? He's using them to sharpen you. He's using them to so that you might lean further more into him, into his love, into his mercy, into his grace. One verse that I love so much is, you know, we've been forgiven so much. God has forgiven us. We're to give, forgive others. I want you to think about it for a minute. Have you ever thought about how much God has forgiven you and what he has forgiven you for? Now, when you look at your brother and sister in Christ, should you not forgive them too? So what are works? What are works? One translation says good deeds. You see, it definitely takes more than good deeds to save you. Actually, nothing you can do, only Christ can. The only thing you can do is accept the gift that he offers repentance and belief, and then allowing him to use you. You see, as John MacArthur pointed out, here James is contrasting two kinds of faith, a living faith that saves and a dead faith that does not. My response as I wrote that out was this, Father, there is so much that I don't know and don't understand Help me to remain in you as I try to walk daily in your love and grace. That was my response to that. Really quickly, I'd like to take a just a quick 
glance at some verses. So I would like for you to turn. Um, you have First and Second Corinthians, and then we have Galatians. So we're going to kind of make a dive into Galatians, Ephesians, and Colossians. So turn back. You'll see First and Second Corinthians. Those are two larger books. Then you will see the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. I'd like for you to turn to chapter 5 in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6 says this, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Circumcision, uncircumcision, they don't count for anything. It's only faith working through love. James is saying faith without works is dead. Here Paul is telling the Galatians, it's faith working through love. Look back at verse 5. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. We're to eagerly be waiting. If you will, turn over to the book of Ephesians. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, the next book over in the New Testament. It's the letter of Paul written to the church at Ephesus. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, we see these probably all too familiar verses. It says, By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Listen. At verse 10, don't stop there. Look at verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Friends, when I come up here on the stage, I may very well misspeak some weeks. I'm, I'm a man. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I don't have all the answers. I don't always get it right. So I, I challenge you. If you ever hear me misspeak or say something, either go back and listen to the tape or come up to me and say, listen, you said this. Is that this is how I heard that. But do it in love. Don't say, oh, wait, I'm just waiting for you to mess up. Hey, pastor, guess what you did? No, we're to do it in love. But I hope you see as we read through these verses today that Paul is saying, listen, Christ Jesus has created us for good works, which God beforehand uh, which God beforehand, that we should walk in them. That's what we were created for. Good works, as, as I've referenced that song several times as I've preached and taught. You know, the man shook his fist at heaven and said, God, why, why don't you do something? He said, what? I did. I created you. Do you see as you hear those songs that that's straight out of Scripture? That's why I love music. That's why I love music. Because there's so much truth. There's so much truth in some songs. And then one last place that I'd like for you to look is turn um, past Philippians. So there's Ephesians and Philippians, and then we'll come to the next book called Colossians. And I'd like for you to turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to start reading in verse 16. We're going to look at 16 and 17, and then a few more verses. Listen to what... Paul says to the church at Colossae, 
Verse 3, starting uh, chapter 3, starting verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in the hearts, in your hearts to God. Paul made a distinction there. I didn't have this in my notes. This is fresh off the press. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Think there's a difference? Just because you like hymns, just because you like contemporary music, doesn't mean that one is right and one is wrong. Amen? There's a variety. You really want to sing a hard song, let's open the Psalms, the book of Psalms, and sing it. Now, we don't have the tune. Miss Betsy doesn't have the sheet music. You think some of the songs and hymns we sing are hard. Imagine singing some of the Psalms. Amen? But that's that's the original hymn book of the church. Verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Do you see these verbs that Paul's given us? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing. That means there's action. That means there's deeds. That means there are works. And whatever you do in word or deed, you can give a good word, amen? You can pass on a good word to someone, You can do a good deed. And then look at verse 23 and 24. He says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So today, if you leave here not knowing or seeing anything else that we've said, works and deeds go together. Amen? But see, here's the deal. The world that we live in, there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. We talked about James as a book of connection. It's a a book about maturity. It's a book about living out our faith. It's about applicable faith. It's about finding things that we can do with one another. Listen to a few statements that I wrote down as we close out this morning. You can't work your way to heaven, but you can work your way to hell. You can't work your way to heaven, but you can work your way to hell. Faith engaged works. Think about that. Faith engaged works. In other, for, for something to be engaged, you think about those. Now, my kids would know nothing about this. I don't have to worry about people stealing my car. But if you had a manual transmission car, clutch has got to be engaged got to be in the right gear. There's things that have got to be connected, right? So faith engaged works. It works. That's a double play on that word works. It's going to be active, but it's also going to mean that there will be works. There'll be deeds that you do. Listen, works disconnected from faith is just work. Think about that. What did Paul challenge us to? Whatever you do, do unto the Lord. As my buddy Mark Champagne from United Ministries said when he used to work for um, Maxway, I think it was, it was downtown. That's how he got to Sumter. He said, you know what? His paycheck might have said Maxway, but he worked for the Lord. That's how we should view our faith. Works disconnected from faith is just work. Faith works. Best connected 
to all you do. Listen, work will not save you, but faith will. Work will not save you, but faith will. And last statement this morning, working to be saved leads to death. A saving faith applied makes one alive. Now and for eternity. Working to be saved leads to death. And a saving faith applied makes one alive. So this morning as we close out our time together, thank you for your patience. Thank you, Bill, for sharing what you saw, how the Lord worked in your heart and life as you studied his book, as you studied the book of James. You see, I tell you so much that circles are better than rows. However you find it, whether it's in a small group, whether it's in our weekly prayer meeting, whether it's coming on Sunday nights and getting around other believers and them sharing what God is doing in their lives, we're meant for community. We're meant for connection. And so my prayer for you is find a way to connect with other believers. You have Sunday morning. You're going to learn and be taught, but don't you want to connect with other people? Don't, don't you want to see what God is, can do in and through your life? And one of the things I want you to know is you, as we get together in a small group, we pray. And they get together in, and for the prayer meeting. They pray. And we're sharing the burdens of our heart. We're getting to see each other in a way that we've never seen each other. We, we, we hear stories of how people have lost children or they've gone through a difficult time. They lost a spouse. They've gone through cancer. They've gone through struggling to, to live out their faith and to study God's word and to pray with their spouse. Listen, when you find and you get in a smaller setting, you realize that you're not alone. That the things that you struggle with, the things that you beat yourself up about, other people do too. Listen, God is calling us to wonderful and glorious things. He's calling us to be his light, to be a hope, to be an encourager, to be truth, to walk alongside people like Carol, Hazel and Smokey, the Doobies, Miss Nancy, Miss Elaine, Robert, Danny. He's calling us to walk alongside of each other, to comfort and to love each other. So I want you to think about as Miss Betsy continues to play for just a moment, take a moment and to pray and to ask God what in your faith journey is disconnected. Where are you not serving and being obedient? Take a moment.